2: Welcome back to How Are You? The Wellbeing Podcast. This week's guest is model, influencer and presenter of BBC's latest documentary, When Nudes Are Stolen. It's Jess Davies. Welcome.
3: Hello, thank you
2: for having me. I'm so excited about this episode and just finding out so much more. It's such an interesting topic, but also such an important one because it's affecting so many women's lives and it's just not okay. I watched the documentary last night. So it's called "What When Nudes Are Stolen and then there's a little s- subtitle, I had it up a minute ago, um, about the internet. And how like there's this whole other side to the internet, right?
3: Mm, yeah. It's like the dark web, right? Yeah, the underground world, the dark web, which to be honest, I didn't really know much about until the documentary. So I went into it thinking we were going to look more the traditional side of catfishing. But actually what it turned out to be was like this really grim, dark world that we uncovered, um, which isn't that hidden away to be honest like it's quite easy to find which is scary Mm, that is really scary before we like delve any further I have to ask you the most important question I can't believe I haven't asked you yet How are you? I'm okay, thanks. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I mean it's been a heavy few weeks, but I'm all good. Yeah, I bet you've been so busy since the launch. Yeah, and just replying to like people on Instagram. I always feel like I want people to open up to you, you know? Like I want to reply to people. So every day I'm like going through. I've just had hundreds of messages, which is so nice. Um, but yeah, it's been busy. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. Just juggling (laughs) everything as best as I can.
2: Um, but no, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, so obviously, this hasn't come out of nowhere, this documentary. Are you not a glamour model anymore?
3: No, I mean, they don't really exist. So like, Lad Mags don't exist anymore. So there isn't really any scope to be a glamour model anymore. So it was very much of its time, I think. Like, um, some people listening might not even, they might be too young to remember like Nut Zoo, FHM, them kind of magazines. So it does make me feel old when I think of, oh my god, that was like 10 years ago. <laughs> Oh
2: no, you're not old at all. I remember them very clearly. So yeah, just tell us a bit more about that, your career then, what made you go into glamour modelling? Because I think it like is a great basis for, you know, the next topic and why things have evolved the way they have.
4: Yeah
3: absolutely so I just wanted to be a model ever since I was like 10 and 11 years old I used to tell everyone and it became a bit of like a running joke in my family I mean I don't know where I got the confidence from because I did not look (laughs) like a model when I was 12 and had this awful like you know that layered fringe thing anyway (laughs) when when I was like 16, 17 I just started like I did a few pageants first off I competed in like Miss Wales, uh, Miss Galaxy, Miss Teen Galaxy and then applied to a few modeling agencies and because I'm five foot five and had these natural 30f boobs they kind of all came back and said oh you should try glamour modeling um it wasn't a total surprise like I used to love Katie Price in the jungle I used to have my mum like plait my hair like his so it wasn't like something that was totally out of the blue of me thinking they might suggest it but straight up I used to say to people I'm never going to do topless like I don't want to do that I, I had a boyfriend at the time as well so I was a bit like it just wasn't for, you know, some go down. Um, so I, I almost kind of fell into it, um, because it was the only option available for me. So I found an agent in London, uh, started off doing just lingerie. Um, and then my first topless photo actually got published without without my consent, which is quite ironic because the whole documentary is about consent. Um, it was like, I was wearing like a pink mesh swimsuit and I said, um, to my to my agent and a photographer at the time i'll i'll wear it but only if you like photoshop my nipples out because i don't do topless they're like yeah yeah definitely and then weeks later someone contacted me on instagram like, love your like shooting that so i was like what looked up and they hadn't photoshopped it and there i was like topless for the first time and i was crying because like that was not what i wanted to do you know so i guess um yeah quite ironically it pretty much started out um without my consent and now fast forward 10 years we're in this position wow that is crazy and that's for like that was like a top top magazine you know Mm. and with my agent you know I think people think oh how do these things happen but my whole career like it was all through my agent everything was legit it was with contracts but I guess that was the industry I I was only 18 when I started so I was quite young and and I always think it sounds a bit silly saying I was from Wales but I mean in this small town Wales where I grew up Aberystwyth it was like totally a new world for me you know I had no idea what to ask for or what was gonna happen I was just getting the train to London thinking this is exciting <laughs> and that was that you yeah, know totally. so yeah looking back I think maybe you should have asked this and that but I guess when you have an agent and stuff you put your trust in them don't you
2: absolutely absolutely and you're a young impressionable girl it is exciting you know um there are opportunities there and you don't sometimes want to ask the questions because you don't want those opportunities to disappear yeah, um, I think that's another thing like it's all so exciting you don't want to almost be a killjoy but you know and you just trust adults so you look at these people that are older than you you're like they wouldn't do that to me I trust them what what is it about the odd person because I'm sure like most people in those sorts of industries are doing it right but what do you think made that person not you know listen to what you wanted and like didn't Photoshop your nipples out, for example. Yeah,
3: I mean, when I look back now, I thought about this quite a lot because the similar people were involved in my uh, website and all them images that uh, we talk about in the documentary. And I guess it just came down to money for them, you know, Um, and just not respecting the models as humans, as full humans with, you know, families and friends and ambitions and goals and all of that. Like, I think it just they just saw us as a way to make money and that was it really which is a shame because you know a lot of girls that were in the same kind of world as me have, have messaged me since and been like yeah I didn't really like that either and it does put a dark cloud around it because I think there is already huge judgment around the kind of glamour industry and when it came to you know, going on the shoots in magazines—it was fun. You know, like you go there, you had all your hair and makeup done, you picked your outfits out. Like you're in front of um in a big studio, you're you're in front of the camera. It's a legit photographer. Like everything was done legit. So I think when my image is posted without consent in the magazine, it was more that the word wasn't passed on to ma- the magazine, rather than it was them choosing it. So it does kind of put a dark cloud around the good times because obviously, as a documentary shows, there's so many unfortunately bad sides of it as well.
2: Mm. Absolutely. Do you feel now that the bad sides have outweighed the good and is glamour modelling, um, if you were to do it again, would you go down the same route?
3: I think I always try to live like a glass half full life. So I'm like, don't want to regret stuff. But I think definitely the older I get and I just see things through fresh eyes. I think you have more knowledge, more experience. Um, I'm like an out there feminist and I've talked to a few feminists and they always say like the older they get, you get, the more radical you get. And that's how I feel I am now. Like, cause you just keep looking through things at different, you know, with different eyes. So looking back, I think, yeah, maybe what I thought it was in that present moment of all this glitz and glam and a, a bit of fun, actually I was, you know, exploited quite a lot in that position. Um, so yeah, I guess maybe if I knew what was going to happen, I wouldn't do it again, but also I've had so many amazing opportunities from it. It's kind of like, catch 22 I guess but also I think fast forward 10 years the industry as a whole is a lot more accepting of different body shapes and stuff so maybe I wouldn't have even been you know told to go down that route by agents it might have been actually been like maybe we would sign someone who was five foot five and had a curvy body whereas back then it just wasn't a thing you know you had to be above 5'10 and a size six and that was pretty much it
2: Mm. and I mean you're bringing something to light that's so important that so many women wouldn't feel comfortable or confident They might even feel a bit scared bringing this topic to the surface because a lot of the time it comes from men in power who, you know, set the example like and take the lead and have made women feel like objects. And it could be scary to say that or confront that or like bring it to light. I mean, we see it in the headlines all the time and you're doing exactly that. Because it's majority, it's, it's men that are doing this, right?
3: Yeah, it is men. And in the whole culture online, there's a lot of men. And that's something that I've found quite difficult throughout this journey is, you know, I actually did sociology at uni and did my whole dissertation on um, can women sexually objectify themselves in the media. Um, so then I was like, oh, it's all, you know, your body, your choice, it's totally up to you. But now, fast forward and looking at different eyes, I guess I'm a bit like, that totally is your choice. And you know, when you're having that photo shoot, you might feel amazing, but what happens afterwards, for me personally, that's not empowering. That's kind of, then the men are objectifying me. So I feel like now, looking back, I thought that I was objectifying myself and that was all kind of like in my hands. Whereas now I think, well you know, the definition of objectifying is kind of like dementalizing someone. So they're just an object where I never did that to myself. I knew that I was, you know, a rounded person. Mm. I had friends and family and I knew that I was, you know, at uni writing this and I had this kind of life and I knew I had a personality. So actually looking back, I think I didn't objectify myself. I just took a picture of myself over top of, whereas the men who were engaging in them kind of cultures online and really sharing this horrible wording and derogatory terms about women, like they don't see anything past a pair of boobs basically you know they are not talking about i wonder what she's like you know i wonder if she's fun to have a drink with it's just like oh look at her boobs that is it which um i think is quite dangerous really now looking back and thinking actually these kind of ideas and these these kind of opinions and, and judgments of women are just overflowing into everyday life and not just existing on the Internet, you know, which I think is really quite a worrying thing to think of. Mm, it,
2: it reminds me of the, the subject of breastfeeding and how so many men like get So excited about women breastfeeding, or think it's disgusting, or even other women are judging other women for breastfeeding in public, for example, because it's your boob. And it's like, how do you stop men from seeing the boob as (laughs) sexual when sometimes it is sexual? Yeah. It's sometimes your boob your boobs are sexy. Like, what's made boobs sexy when now, in my eyes, they're there to feed my child? And I feel like there is blurred lines. And as much as I think A lot of the time, anyone who judges a mum for breastfeeding in public and, you know, a guy who can't see beyond boobs being sexual, dickheads in my eyes. But I can see why things like that can be, can get confused cultural reasons, um, just society, you know, and it's frustrating, I can, I, 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 know, but I do think there's blurred lines there. I don't know if you agree with me.
3: No, I definitely do agree with you. And I think that we're going through a time at the moment where I think a lot of women are kind of on this tightrope of is it empowerment or is it objectification, you know, because I think that there should be a space, I don't think we found it yet, where women can be sexual and own their sexuality and take sexy pictures and enjoy sex but then also not be treated as objects Um, because men have that, right? You know, men do all of that. And then they're still allowed to move through society as normal people. Whereas woman, you're kind of either, or there isn't an option. So I feel like there should be somewhere along the line where we can be both sexy and respected, but I just don't think we've got there yet, which I think is where the blurred lines come in because, you know, a woman's body is sexualized and it has been since ever since I can remember. And, and, you know, decades, centuries ago, people look at a woman's body as voluptuous, sexy um, and it, men's bodies just aren't looked at like that. So, yeah, it's definitely a kind of blurry space to be in um, and a blurry headspace, I think, for a lot of women, because like I said, you know, you want to feel sexy and empowered, but also I don't want to be catcalled when I walk down the street, you know?
2: Mm, Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally understand. Um, I'm just like, probably just as confused as so many people in that, like what makes some men respectful of women and others not? Is it upbringing? Is it culture? Is it, what is it? do we know? Is that the issue? Is it should we learn more at school? Like, what is it? What can we do?
3: Yeah, I mean, I wish I, I wish I had the answer because then I, know. I could like <laughs> save society. But I, I think it's just like a, a whole, whole bag of things. You know, I think, yeah, it is a lot of education. I think what really kind of irks me is when men join the conversation. Oh, you know, I've got daughters, so I would never do it. I'm like, you shouldn't have to you know have a daughter or have a wife to be able to respect a woman you know that should just become a standard um I think a lot of the times as well like men don't engage in female conversations like men won't particularly read books by women they won't listen to podcasts more, you know by women they won't go out of their way to watch a show by women like whereas I think women do engage in male content a lot more so I feel like for men it's like oh no I can't listen to that that's girly you know oh that's just for girls whereas I think that there isn't really that for for women we kind of will listen to you know I'll watch League of Their Own or you know listen to Mm. a podcast that's geared towards men where I feel like there's a divide and I think that comes down to you know toxic masculinity where men are told that they have to be really masculine you have to like these kind of subjects and, and all of that so I think it is just a whirlwind of society and education and just again i mean i think everything it's just these blurred lines of gender and what who fits where and what's acceptable and i think we are going through a time now where you know there is a lot of blurred lines with genders and what people are allowed to do and what they should you know be able to do and wear and listen to without actually being judged so i think yeah what a weird weird kind of time to be alive and for us to kind of move through society and be like actually discovering who we are because i feel especially my generation it's kind of like you've been pushed into these certain boxes for so long. um, And now everyone's kind of breaking out and wanting to find themselves and their toes in a bit of everything. And then that's when you get the backlash, whether that's feminism, gender, sexuality, all of it. So it's definitely interesting times, I think.
2: Yeah, really interesting times. People definitely have more of a voice, which is great. People are are expressing themselves so much more. um, And I love it. And it's definitely made me a lot more like well-rounded a lot more open-minded um and that's the beauty of social media because I've learned so much from social media like I thought I like to follow like such an array of people and I think it's really important to follow people that aren't like you either so that you can understand other people's worlds um I've got three brothers and understanding them and like understanding men from their perspective and Like watching League of Your Own and all those things have definitely, I've enjoyed. And I think it's made relationships easier for me as well. Like being in a relationship with a man, it's been easier because I've grown up around three. So I think you're right in that women want to understand men Mm. because I think it makes our lives easier. Whereas men, not all men, I'm not generalizing. You have to be careful here. But (laughs) I really think we're such, we're, we're, we're both human. Men and women, we're human and everything in between, but we're different species. I really feel like we're so different.
3: Yeah, I I feel the same. I think
2: that's a real core issue. And I do think culturally, the UK have come really far already with stuff like this, but around the world, it's like nowhere near where we are. And I mean, it's still happening here, but around the world, like women can't even walk to the shop on their own in some countries. So. I think until collectively as a world, we all get on the same page with gender equality and respecting women, women being allowed to feel sexy, look sexy, take sexy pictures without being treated like, you know, just an object, unless we collectively come together as like a whole planet I think it will be hard because the internet has made the world such a small
3: place. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not just the UK that we're dealing with, even though I think the UK has a huge problem with like lad culture and lad banter and stuff, but I guess we could talk about that forever. But you know, I feel like a lot of the UK men in the UK are quite oppressed in terms they won't talk about their feelings because it's not cool and i think there's a lot of websites that have kind of encouraged that kind of lad banter lad behavior lad culture um and obviously if you speak out about it you're you're a snowflake and you know it's just a, b- a bit of a laugh and i feel like that's actually you know oppressed a lot of men where they can't speak about their feelings and their emotions and it's just like this vicious cycle that we're going in like we want to help them and this is what i have a lot of arguments on um i don't say arguments debates but <laughs> on like my social media because you know, um the not all men argument and it's like not you know, not all men at all, but enough uh women uh and then enough men who aren't collectively perhaps wanting to learn about women wanting to make a difference it doesn't mean that you're um you know harassing assault and all of that that's a totally different conversation but i just feel like it's this vicious cycle where it's like we need you you know i always say like well, well i'm not against men i don't hate men at all like we need you we can't change society without you because we're you know we know what we need as women and how we want to be treated and respected but if you aren't going to work with us then it's not going to work you know and we're going to be in this cycle mm. forever so yeah i do feel like It is the internet, like you're saying, it's just such a whirlwind of of cultures that have all collectively come together and been able to feed off each other, really, and find find that culture, which you sort of look at in a documentary, like Dr. Jessica Taylor, who we speak with, she was saying, you know, she doesn't feel that the internet has made these kind of misogynistic cultures, they've just, it's just provided a space for them to all... Interact with each other, whereas before, yeah. yeah. Whereas before, you know, if you lived in a small town in Wales, you might not know anyone else who has that view, for example. Whereas now, you just log on to the internet, and bam, there's a thousand people with the same view as you, and you mm. can all, you know, trade and sell pictures of women and talk about them in drug terms without anyone knowing. It's all anonymous, so you're allowed to mm. move through society, wow. you know, being treated as normal. Naturally, you're doing something really bad and illegal online. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it's done. It's it's an amazing way to
2: connect through the pandemic. We've been able to use technology, FaceTime, Zoom, like we are right now, like all these things to connect and do great things. But there's that side to it, which has allowed like-minded people who obviously don't have the right morals and mindset. And yeah, I'd say morals is the right word. Come together, you know these like-minded people come together, and we see that in the documentary. And it really, really shocked me when you walked in the room and the is is it Doctor? What's her name? Doctor Jessica Taylor. And Doctor Jessica Taylor said to you, like they've actually not seen someone be catfished as much as you. Oh yeah,
3: that was actually the private investigator. So that was Laura Lyons. Okay. Mm. Okay.
2: There we go. Sorry. Um, sorry about that. Um, I knew it was a woman anyway. <laughs> and that that part really, like, I was like, wow. Like, you, I don't think you even expected her to say
3: that. No, not at all. So, she's a private investigator, and her, literally, her job is to track down catfishes. People come to her who've been scammed out of thousands of money. So, this is what she does every single day. So, to have her kind of lay out, you know, hundreds of fake accounts of me and say that she's never seen anyone um, catfished on the scale that I've been in terms of people using my images, I was just like, Oh my gosh, that's insane. Like, and they were just ones we knew about. I mean, these are just the ones that people have contacted me on Instagram or Facebook about. So imagine all of the ones that exist without me even knowing. Uh, It's just crazy. And again, it happens to loads of people and it doesn't just have to be modeling photos or, you know, photos that were from subscription sites. A lot of it was just Instagram, Twitter, and people again have messaged me since the documentary and it's happened to them. And they've just got, you know, a few hundred followers. They just post their everyday life on on Instagram or Facebook or whatever social media platform. And they've been, you know, had someone steal their images. So it's just such a insane world where it's happening to so many people yet, you know, weirdly we've kind of normalized it and just gone, Oh, well, that, that's the internet. It's like, actually like, that might be the internet but it shouldn't be the internet we shouldn't accept that that's the internet we should want more laws and you know around it which is difficult obviously it's worldwide (laughs) yeah well
2: yeah but I do think your documentary is like an an incredible stepping stone for that because you really showed on there I mean for anyone that hasn't seen it yet it's on BBC iPlayer and Jess takes us on this Journey of going from a glamour model to then realizing that her images are being used and she's being catfished to then going into the dark web where images are actually being traded
4: mm. and
2: sold. And none of this can be traceable, you know? This is the scary thing. None of it can be traceable. I could be on there. I don't even know. I posted a picture not that long ago of me in underwear for next for a campaign I did. Thinking like my biggest worry was like, oh my God, my followers seeing it, even though they're all amazing and supportive. I don't think about some weirdo on his computer screenshotting it, cropping it down, and posting it on the dark web. No one you should thinks have of that. To
3: think like that. But you shouldn't have to. No, exactly, and I feel like you know. I thought, to be fair, a lot more people. I thought I was gonna gonna get the reaction of what did you expect? What did you expect? And I've actually had a you know, a lot more positives than negatives. But the negatives have been oh well, what did you expect? Posting out on the internet. And I just think, well, I think not when you when you upload something on social media or on any site, whether that's a subscription platform or or it's just an everyday picture of you having dinner with your friends, I don't think you should expect that it's going to be, you know, sold, traded in these underground forums and you lose control of it. And if people do expect that, then I think we you know, really need to look at the bigger picture of how we can regulate the internet, because that shouldn't be just mm. a normal thing that we just accept happens to our images, you know, especially when it comes to women's nudes. And this is what we look at in a documentary. The, the kind of industry um, is predominantly around women's nudes, um online where they're being traded and sold and exchanged like pokemon cards and honestly when you log into these um kind of forums you watch them and it's like the stock market they're just going up and up and trading like this and it's just thousands and thousands and the irish leak that we talk about uh, in the documentary that had 500,000 images in that one leak think of how many women that is 500,000 in that one so imagine the scale of this is happening so that's why You know, I think it's quite naive and and lazy to say, oh, it just happens to garden models. What do they expect? Or, you know, it's like, no, this is happening on such a huge scale to everyone. And like you were saying, you might even not know that it's happening to you, because how would you ever trace it? You know, the only Mm. reason I managed to find out it was happening to me was one people messaging me on instagram saying hey i think people are using your pictures and then posting my image in in the forum and someone actually recognizing me and offering to sell me my pack back i mean how insane is that i was like oh uh great you want to sell me my images that you're trading and selling in the dark web like it's just insane and yet again people go oh, well, what did you expect? It's like, I don't think I expected that, to be honest. (laughs) Wow. Mm. Wow.
2: Again, it's this, like, lack of respect, lack of, like, there is a human behind that image Mm. with feelings and a family and friends. And these people also, you know, getting a quick buck, like, and just not, just really not caring. And you had a rapper on there, didn't you, on the documentary, and he said that, you know, he needed money, and he got into trading images. And I found that really interesting. He was very upfront and just like, said it how it was. And I still feel like there was a lack of like empathy. And like, there wasn't like, I feel like an apology was needed, but it wasn't there.
3: Yeah, it was was not coming.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't sure whether, I'm not sure whether you can comment on that. But I was a bit like, Hang on a second. Like you still, I don't think, think it's actually that bad, a, a bigger deal.
3: No. So with um, Aku, his name was, who was the rapper who contributed um, and he claims he doesn't engage in this kind of uh, industry anymore because his moral compass um, was, oh, I felt really bad for the men that I was scamming never the woman that he was actually using the images. So I stopped because I felt bad for the men. I actually was getting along with them. He was like, you know, there's this one guy, we were really good friends. I felt bad. So, you know, I confessed everything. And when I said, well, what about the women in the images? He was like, but but they were cam girls. Like, I'm like, all right. So they were cam girls. So they don't have a life. They don't have a right to not be traded and sold on the internet in places they'll never know about and ways they'll never be able to control and get taken down off the internet if they want to go a different path in life. And I thought it was quite funny that, you know, for him, he, you know, I'm, I'm sure he felt it as well. You know, he had a moral compass. So I don't use revenge porn and I only use cam girls. It's like, right, but how can you decide that one woman's worthy of your respect and one woman isn't? And I think, to be fair, his view was quite reflective of a lot of people in society that they go, you know, well, this woman... There's a barometer, I feel like, there's a barometer of respect in society. And if you have had uh, an image taken of you without any clothes on, without a top on, if you've sent it to anyone, um, if you discuss sex, if you're quite a sexy per- a woman in society, then you are not worthy of respect and you'll be ostracized from society. And what did you expect? And then it just kind of goes, well, you know, she's she acts like a good girl and she has a respectable job. And then it kind of moves along, goes, well, she's not promiscuous and she's married and, you know, is a good mum. And I just feel like we don't rate men like that. Like men just don't have to live up to these kind of expectations throughout society. We just have a blanket kind of respect and let them move through society as they want. Um, so I just feel like it's so outdated. Like, why do we still look at women and think this? Like, where does it come from? You know, we're in 2021. And why do we still look at women and be like, mm, you're not worthy of respect? And it's an easy way of kind of dementalizing a woman and just looking at her as an object and, you know, something for, for a male desire or someone who um isn't worthy of being able to be a full person just because, you know, their body or because their sexual behaviors, it's absolutely insane. Like, like that doesn't represent you, you know, if you work in a supermarket and you are allowed to be a whole person you're a mum you know a daughter a sister you have friends you might go out and celebrate your birthday that saturday night after your shift like you are a whole person and people view you as that whereas if you have a, any job that's sexual whether that's a glamour model you know might be an only fans model you might be a sex worker it's like you're just not viewed as a whole person. It's like your your job defines you and that is that. And I just think it's so outdated. Like, I don't know why we haven't moved on from that kind of view yet.
2: Yeah, I agree. When you put it like that as well, I think for me, like my partner, he wouldn't want me to be on OnlyFans. If he wasn't happy with an image that I post, he would let me know. He wouldn't want our daughter to go into glamour modelling. And I don't think I would either. And that's me being honest. If it's what she really wanted to do, I would support her. And I'm not judging of anyone that's done it because I've, I've got had loads of met clients who are glamour models and do that. And actually, I I look at those images and I think, I wish I had that confidence. Like it's amazing. And I think for me, it's more about the woman behind the image. And like, are you happy? Are you doing this and feeling empowered? Are you? Um, like I remember going to a strip club once and I couldn't bear it. I couldn't sit there and watch the disrespect between the men towards the women. And also I couldn't bear all these thoughts going through my head of she's doing this for money because she doesn't know what else to do. That's what I was thinking. Like, because I've seen documentaries about, you know, um, I was, it was based in Scotland, this documentary where the girls were like, I've got a drug problem or I drink a lot. And this is like the best way for me to pay, pay my way or pay my rent. I make good money. And those thoughts were just going through my
3: head and I just couldn't bear it. I totally get where you're coming from. When it comes to documentaries, I think I always watch documentaries that are, you know, around these kind of topics. It's just what interests me. But I feel really um, like the media posts that kind of image of um, strippers, strippers, women who are escorts prostitutes you know every documentary I, I've watched quite a few of Louis Theroux's and I'm a big fan but I just his latest one he did a couple of years ago I thought this is nothing new like all you're doing is painting women as having to do this because they've got no other choice and no money and actually like yeah that is the reality for a lot of sex workers but it isn't reality for all sex workers a lot of people enjoy being strippers you know like Cardi B talks about it often she's proud about her it um, and I feel like the media kind of plays into it. Again, it's kind of misogynistic ideals that, you know, women are only doing it because, it, you know, we're objects and we don't enjoy it. When actually, like, I'm sure a lot of people do enjoy it. Personally, I didn't go down that route, but, you know, that was my choice. And similar to what you're saying, you wouldn't like your daughter to do it. I think that's perfectly fine, you know, like... People, I, you know, I posted about this recently on my Instagram. It's like everyone's allowed their own opinion, and you know, not everyone has to agree with glam modeling. You know, not everyone has to agree with any job that people do. People don't agree with people eating meat, all of that. I just feel like you can have your opinion, but. Uh, you're not allowed to make someone's life a living hell just because you disagree with it you know whereas I think when it comes to um women who make money off their bodies people have an opinion but then they also make their life hell because they don't let them move through society it affects your relationships it affects the jobs prospects that you get it affects how people treat you it affects what trolling you get online and it's like just because you disagree with their job you know just disagree with it and move on. And you don't have, you don't now get to make their life a hell a live in hell because you disagree with it. So that's why I feel like the the kind of disbalances. I think yeah, everyone's perfectly allowed everyone's opinion. I've got opinions about so many things. I'm always ranting about it on, on Twitter and stuff. I just feel like you just because your personal opinion, you don't get to kind of then make someone's life hell because you don't agree with it. So that's where I feel like there's a disbalance, which is why I wanted to make the documentary because mm. I feel like for so long people do view women who make money from their bodies in such a negative way and and like we've been talking about just strips them down to objects and i just wanted to kind of open up my world and i was really scared you know telling people i cried twice in a documentary i cried so many times off camera that didn't make it in a documentary like i'm an emotional person but i just wanted to kind of open up and be like you know there is a real human behind these pictures you know like maybe you should think about that when you're sending you know girls leaked images to your whatsapp group or you're trading them online or commenting on on reddit forums and all that kind of stuff and i feel like we're not there yet you know people and men but also women you know don't view women who have their bodies in online as real people which is a shame
1: If you like this podcast, then why not check out one of our other amazing Create podcasts. If you just want a good laugh, then check out The Weekly Roast. Listen listen bitch oh, make, make an entrance I'm a week off sugar I, I, will, I will fly <laughs> to the UK and I will cut you both <laughs> for the more cultured ones among you join Laura Wright for music in my life uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah let's go
3: <laughs> I'm so I glad no one can see me right now because I'm doing I was doing some weird dance moves <laughs> yeah, nothing
1: then, yeah. prefer a deep chat? Connie's got you covered on How Are You? The Wellbeing Podcast
2: I just became a lot more productive and happier Uh and for me like that's just worth it.
1: The Weekly Roast Music In My Life and How Are You. Just three more podcasts to feast your ears on Find them wherever you found this podcast
2: For me, my view it because I don't like I'm worried now that I sound like I'm against glamour modelling. Oh God, like no, that, no. not at <laughs> all. For me, it was more. Of, it's more of if a woman enjoys it and that empowers her and she loves it and it makes her feel confident. Like, do you know who comes to mind is Megan from Love Island. Mm. I know she loves it. Like she feels more confident in less clothes than she does in clothes. Like amazing, good for her. But if I felt like my daughter, for example, or friend felt like it was the only option, That's when I don't agree with it. That's when I feel like someone's doing it because they don't feel like they're worthy of anything else, and that that they just they are using their body as a tool.
1: Mm.
2: Rather than being like, I actually just love doing this, I love getting glammed up, I love showing my body off, you know, it's I find it fulfilling, it adds value to my life. And I think men can be closed-minded and ignorant and they see it as that's all she's worthy of. That's all she's capable of. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's that's a huge issue.
3: Yeah, but then, you know, we, we're we saying that, but then going back to what we were chatting about at the start, again, it's such a blurry world because, you know, I, I look back at my modelling career and I think, well, actually, I didn't like the way men spoke about me. I didn't like that men were looking at my images like that and I didn't like that men objectified me. So, Looking back, do I do I disagree with glamour modelling? You know, it is a really blurry world because I think, like we are saying, there's this kind of tightrope of empowerment and objectification and we just haven't figured it out yet I and mean, whether that's possible, and it should be possible, but it is tricky and I'm still kind of going through the emotions with it as well because obviously that was my job. But now looking back, mm. I'm like, oh, I don't really think that's very empowering because what happens after the photo shoot is that men are commenting on it in a really drugged way that I personally didn't like a lot of women are probably fine with that you know um for me personally i i now look back and didn't find it empowering and and really don't like when men message me stuff like that i think leave me alone and then i have had some men comment on instagram like well you like you know you like to take in a photo shoot you like posing for nuts i'm like yeah but that doesn't mean i want you to send me you know your penis picture on instagram (laughs) so it is a really blurry world i don't think there is a right or wrong opinion at all because it's something that isn't really spoken about which is why i think it's great that we can have open and honest chats about it because it is something that's been kept away for so long and people have shied away from um so hopefully this documentary will just start conversations about people thinking about what uh, definitely yeah i think so
2: i think it's it's a really really important topic ash a friend of mine ashley louise james she talks about it a lot um especially now she's a mom with the breastfeeding and like she gets sexualized a lot because she's got big boobs. And as if it's like an invitation for men to send pictures and stuff. And that's where it's just, I don't even know. I can't, I feel like, will will we ever know the answers when we're not those men? Like, it's like, are they individual cases where you need to interview every single one of them and say, look, why are you like this? And it's like, when will it end? Do you ever feel like that? When will this end? Like, when will it actually stop?
3: Yeah, definitely. And I don't think it will. You know, I just feel like there's individual cases, but I know, you know, nearly every woman I know has had an unsolicited image sent to her and comments made at her in the street and online. And I just feel like, is it going to end? Are we going to be able to, you know, flip society that much that men don't view us? as sexual objects all the time it, it is you know quite concerning when you think of it that mm. there's just such a divide i feel like when it comes to how women view men compared to how men view women and again i know it's not all men but i'm just talking in general how society works there is definitely you know we look at each other through different different lenses i think which is quite concerning when we have to just exist on the same earth with each other and hopefully you know be able to treat each other like humans and respect each other but yeah I love Ashley I follow her on Instagram I I love her posts about it because I feel like I totally relate it you know I've had boobs big boobs since I was really young and I've always been sexualized and I just feel like why is that placed on you know onto women and she's posted um similar experiences I think about her being really young and having boobs and having older men comment on it and I think it's just such a wider conversation about how women are sexualized girls are sexualized at such a young age and why and how we're viewed as, you know, just sex objects and something to look at and not mm. and not see beneath that. So, yeah, it's definitely such a huge conversation. I'm sure we could literally chat about it for hours and hours on end. But it is really interesting. You
2: literally could. I mean, you should start a podcast about this and get men and women <laughs> on there to talk about it with you. It'd be amazing. It's, neat. it's needed. I was going to say, like, I've got big booze. I'm a 34G, double G. Well, I vary. 36 double F, whatever. Depends on the style of the bra. But I've always had big boobs. When I went into high school, I was 12. I was a 34C. Already quite developed. And I hide my boobs because I don't want to be sexualized by men. Yeah. It's a big thing for me. Like, I've gone the opposite way where I don't wear low-cut tops. I don't, like, really low-cut. I don't show off my cleavage. I avoid push-up bras because I hate the thought of a man looking at my picture and being turned on by it without my fucking consent like I get it it really it and it's not never really addressed it or thought of it like that but that is the reason and I don't really want men to follow me on Instagram like if there's a man that starts following me and commenting or whatever I just block them um, which might not be the right idea because it might be good for them to listen to my message and like look at my content. But I just don't trust that they've got the right intention. Mm. You know, it sounds really bad, but that is that is how I feel. So I, I, I get it. Like, I I don't know if my images are used or anything, but I have felt it from a young girl that, I don't want to be sexualized by men. I don't want men to see me that way. So I hide myself, which is wrong.
3: Yeah, it is. It's like, why should we have to cover up? And I feel the same. Like when I was doing the glam modeling, I was all like embracing it. And I had these boobs, whereas now I'm like totally the same. I'm like walking down in like jumpers and sports bras. And I just think like, oh, I don't want you to look at me in the street. I don't want you to comment when I walk past you. Like, don't turn around and look at me. Like, it, it does just gross me out now. And I think that's sad because, you know, mm. I'm, I'm single. So I'm, like, trying to find a boyfriend. But it's so sad that all these experiences I've had have just put this big barrier where I'm like, oh, don't talk to me, don't look at me. Because for so long since I can remember, I've just been sexualized by men. And it's just such a sad, like way to look at uh, you know men really because mm. obviously all of them aren't like that but it, it is that thing where you feel like you just want to like cover up and not be seen and I just think that's so sad because we should be able to walk tall and proud and be and wear yeah. whatever we want um without fearing you know being heckled in the street and and all of that so yeah I don't know what the answer is because I try and dress like how I want and then I'm like oh why are you looking at me like that <laughs> I know I know and I
2: feel like we've got to a point now when when we do post, it's for women. Our posts are to give women confidence. Mm. Like when we do show our bodies, it's for women. Yeah. Rather than for men. And that empowers me a lot more, like, That's why I do it. Yeah,
3: oh my God, definitely. I feel the same. Like the last year or so I've been posting on my Instagram and trying to be more authentic and just posting like more unposed pictures where I have a few little rolls of cellulite. And because I'm like, that's who I like following and that's the kind of content I like seeing. And then I have like men commenting like, oh, you're getting fat on purpose, you're promoting obesity. And I'm just like, literally- if you think I'm doing this for you, you know, you must be joking. Like, I'm not thinking about you in the slightest. Like, all I want is to create my own little girl gang and, like, we all help each other out online and that is it. And then I just feel so, like, liberated now thinking, like, I don't want men to look at me and think I'm sexy online. Like, I don't care if you think I'm sexy online. I don't care if you think I'm sexy in the street. Like, I've gone totally the opposite way that I'm just, like, I don't even want to engage with you, which is sad because, like, we're having these whole conversations. I feel like we need to have these conversations with men so we can understand each other more but it is sad that it's got to a point where we want to put a barrier up because we're just so sick of it Mm. you know Mm. and that's a shame I think because we should be able to engage with each other and stuff but at the moment I do feel like I'm just being like no like putting a blockage up and I'm like please just leave me alone um hopefully one day I'll be able to break that down (laughs) well
2: you will like I guess it's getting to know I mean I was going to say the pressure on finding a relationship like you said, I didn't even think of that like trusting that man mm. to be respectful and you know you know how do you feel about that that must be a bit of a
3: challenge Yeah it is a challenge it is a challenge I feel like for so long especially in my modeling days and when I was kind of growing up and at uni men just wanted to hook up with me to say they've hooked up with me and then that would be it and I I'm a total romantic so I would just fall for a guy after like one hookup or whatever and then they just push me to the side. It's like, nah. And I feel like I, I know I talk about this in a documentary. It's like when someone and multiple people treat you like that, you start to believe it yourself and you start to internalize that. Um, so that's why I've been single for a few days now and just working through myself and just being comfortable in myself because I wasn't comfortable with who I was. And I was probably using, you know, using sex as a way of getting guys to like me. And it wasn't working because that's not how men work and that's not how healthy relationships work. So the last few years I've just been like a step back and just been working for myself and i've honestly never been happier but it does kind of now you know i'm getting older and i would like to find someone you know i don't want to live on my own for the rest of my life but if that happens fine i'm Mm -hmm. fine um but you know it is a daunting kind of thing to think of because not only I feel like not only are you opening yourself up to that one person, but then obviously guys have friends that are, you know, all men. And then it's like, do I, you know, I, I worry about that. And then they have like brothers maybe or dads. And it's so sad that I have to think like that, but that's kind of like where my brain goes. It's like, do I want to invite like 15 new men into my life? I don't really know right now, oh. you know? Um, so it is a yeah. daunting thing to think of, but hopefully I'm slowly getting there and can turn the tide. <laughs> oh gosh,
2: right. Well, I mean, if you look at it in the sense that, if this guy is respectable that you do meet, because you will one day, um, because they're out there. The the friends he chooses to be around are also, and the the father that brought him up is also, and the brothers that you know were brought up with him are also respectful. So, um, it is out there. But yeah, I do feel for you. I think that is a big burden to carry and a big worry to carry, and it's not one that you should have to carry. Mm. Like you shouldn't have to go through life thinking oh I you know I'd like to meet someone now but god I really like I've you know what if you know if I don't know what if they're disrespectful what if they look at me like this what if the dad looks at me like this what if their uncle looks at me like that that is just not how women should have to live no absolutely um, we shouldn't need to change hopefully our generation now we're talking about it keep talking about it it's amazing what you're doing we can make sure that our sons and daughters are educated and we can sort sort of start on the the new
3: generations and the future generations because, you know, that's the most important thing, right? Definitely. I think it does start, you know, I think in primary school, we should be having conversations and education around consent. And that is where it starts, I think, and just about treating each other with respect. I mean, that is the basis of it. And hopefully, as they grow up, and and they will see that on a wider scale. And I think there are, you know, you look at the younger generation, you know, these Gen Zers, and they are a lot more kind of like open and liberal and accepting. So hopefully, we, you know, we'll see it change a bit, and attitudes become more accepting of everyone and all genders and all sexualities. And I think it is going that way. So we've just got to try and stay positive and keep having the conversations. Yeah, yeah fingers crossed, and and keep pushing forward because that's all we can do. Yeah, I feel really positive that the future generations
2: will address it more. There'll be a lot more women in power there'll be a lot more laws and stuff around the internet because there needs to be, Mm. it's only becoming a bigger place. I think these things will happen. And, um, I really hope, yeah, I really do hope it starts changing and just for the future of women really. Um, we shouldn't have to keep
3: fighting and fighting and fighting all the time. No, I know. Absolutely. I mean, I love them. Um, there's a photo online of like this lady, she's about 70 years old and she was at the rally for me too. And she's just holding a sign. She's like, I can't believe we still have to protest this shit. And I'm like, literally. I know. Like, <laughs> I know. And we're still there. We're still going. But hopefully one day we'll get to a point where, you know, our kids and their kids won't have to. So that's all we can look forward to, I think. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Before we round up this amazing episode, it's been so insightful. Um, I want to ask you a couple of things. The first question is, what advice would you give to women, girls listening to this who are on social media, who post pictures? I think that younger girls are being a lot more experimental, being a lot more, uh, I could say, wear less clothes than I ever wore. <laughs> anyway, like fashion changes, like you see 12 year olds in crop tops and... And like denim shorts and stuff, how can we protect ourselves online on social media best we can with images and stuff at all ages?
3: Yeah, it's difficult because I always feel like I never want to put the blame on you know women and girls that are posting them kind of pictures because we should be able to. But on the flip side, we know that that is what how the internet works. That's what the documentary showed us. So it's kind of like. You should be able to post that stuff. The reality is at the moment, you you don't have control over where it's going or what happens to it. So I would say, you know, if you're not an influencer and you don't have all these followers, put your pages on private. You know you you don't need your pages to be open to loads of people because you don't have any control over what's happening um with them, which is scary. I mean on a subscription level basis, if you're using that, I know a lot of people um kind of use watermarks and specific watermarks you can try and trace where your images have gone if they do get leaked um, but again, that's a lot of time that takes, and I just feel like oh that that responsibility shouldn't be put on someone who just wants to upload the bloody picture of themselves in a bikini like. But that is the internet at the moment. So there isn't really much we can do um, other than, you know, just be wary of what we're posting, I guess, and, and know that we don't have control over it, which is you know, sad that that's kind of the level we're at.
2: So essentially, if you're happy to post a picture knowing that it could go anywhere and it could be traded online without your consent, if you're comfortable with that, post away. Mm. If it's not something you're comfortable with, then maybe do some research look into it and really think about what direction you want to go in yeah
3: definitely one thing that really worries me is you know so many people are signing up to sites um like OnlyFans, fans admire me all of that which is great and it's you know a way for people to make money themselves but a lot of these people put in their bios this is my copyright and you know you're not allowed to post these pictures anywhere Uh, after this documentary i want to like bang my head against a wall and i'm like I totally get that. And it is your copyright, but these people don't care about a sentence in your bio and you won't even know that they've took it, you know, which is a scary thing. So it's like, that isn't enough. And I feel like a lot of people, especially if they aren't in the modeling or influence world, don't have management, all of that, probably don't realize that that isn't enough to protect your images. So even if you're posting on a subscription site, it's awful that this can happen to you, but be aware that you don't have control of people leaking and posting that mm. wherever so just know that if you're uploading it be happy with what you've posted knowing it could get out there which shouldn't happen to you mm. and that is wrong but that is the reality of the internet at the moment unfortunately
2: yeah it's kind of being like a little less naive and sort of I mean watch your documentary and I think that's I think that's enough like we'll. we'll I'm going to share it and get people watching because I think like me I watched it knowing that there was like stuff when I love watching crime documentaries and like stuff like that and knowing that the internet could be a dark place Mm. but when I watched it like I didn't realize you know how much and how much an image like can be worth to like people you don't even know how much it could be shared without you because I just didn't realize you know the the extent of it so I think yeah just Everyone needs a little shake, I think, on social media. We all get a bit carried away and the subscription sites. I've never been on them. I did get an email from OnlyFans recently asking me if I'd like to join, <laughs> which I, I just like, what, and do what? Like, <laughs> and show what? But anyway, it made me laugh. Um, but just have, just come on, like, I think everyone just needs a little shake up and needs to realize that once you post something, it's there. And it's there forever if someone screenshots it, screen grabs it and wants to take it away. So there's an element of us taking a little bit more care. And I know it shouldn't be, we shouldn't have to, like you said, but that's where we're at right now. Mm. So we need to protect ourselves, protect our friends and just spread the word. Definitely. So the final question I ask all my guests is what
3: piece of advice would you give your younger self? Oh, I mean, how long do we have? I'd sit down for a lengthy <laughs> chat. <laughs> Again, like I said before, I try not to be like regret things. So I wouldn't exactly say don't post out. I, just, I think on a wider scale, I'd want to say don't internalize that shame. Like it isn't your fault and you don't have to move your life you know, feeling shame of your own choices, you were allowed to do them things and you're allowed to move on with your life. Also I think, you know, we could I could definitely put the thing of, oh, don't take that picture or don't do that. But again, that kind of puts the blame on me and the blame should be on the people that have misused and stolen my image. So I would just say, yeah, don't don't spend so many years internalizing that shame and shine away, just shine bright and do you. <laughs>
2: That's such a
3: cheesy yeah. thing. <laughs>
2: Ooh, it's true though. Isn't yeah, it? absolutely. You know you shouldn't have to spend the rest of your life apologizing
3: to anyone, but to yourself either. Mm, definitely. Definitely. And that's only something that I've kind of f- figuring out the last year or so, you know, you are allowed to like, Live your life. Hopefully, I'll have another sixty odd years. Who knows? Like, you don't want to internalise everyone else's shame and misogyny. Like, if you're cool with it, then that's cool, and your friends and family are cool. Like, move on. Like, then people don't matter. The people that you care about don't care. Mm. Move
2: on. Those conversations don't need to be had. Just live your life. Yeah, live your and life. That's it. That and, is yeah, it. <laughs> and you know what? I feel like this has all happened for a reason because you're making such an amazing difference. You're spreading
3: such an amazing uh, message. So keep doing what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, hopefully this only. Really hope. Start them conversations that will help to change a narrative, but we'll see. <laughs> it will, it will. Even if you change, like, ten men. Yeah. <laughs> trading those
2: fictions, you know?
3: Definitely, definitely.
2: <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks for being such an amazing guest.
3: Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I love chatting with you. It was so good.
0: <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.